This episode of Bookmarked is brought to you by Audible.com. Get a free audiobook download and a 30-day free trial at www.audibletrial.com/bookstacked. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. You're listening to Bookmarked, the young adult book podcast brought to you by bookstacked.com. This is episode 21, and in episode 21, we're talking to New York Times bestselling author Sarah Desson. We've got all that and more coming up for you in just a few minutes, so stay with us. Okay, thank you everybody for being here today for this very special episode of Bookmarked. Um, today we have a real treat for everyone. We're actually going to be interviewing New York Times bestselling author Sarah Dessen. And in order to do that, I've brought on a bookstacked writer who hasn't been on the show yet. Her name is Amisha. Amisha, how are you doing? I'm doing great. How are you, Saul? I'm doing well. It's super early. <laughs> But um, it's okay. It's all worth it because we're going to be talking to Sarah Dessen, and that's so exciting. This is actually our first interview for the podcast. We've done a couple for the website, but we haven't done one for the podcast yet. So this is this is like a huge step for us. But before we get to that, you haven't been on the podcast before. No, I haven't. <laughs> yeah, you've been writing for the site, I think, for a little less than a year and a half. Why don't you just tell everyone a little bit about yourself? Um, okay, so hi guys, I'm Amisha. Um, I'm from Fairfax, Virginia. I've traveled most of my life though, and I think I've written like five articles for the site so far, and I hope to write many more in the future. And you're a big Sarah Dessa fan, from what I understand. I am, yes. <laughs> You've read like almost all of her books, is that right? Yeah, almost all, but two of them, I think. Which one would you say is your favorite? Um, by far, Just Listen is my favorite. I've read it, I think, four times now, and I will probably read it a million more times in the future. It's so good. <laughs> She's Her new book is coming out. It's out as of today. It's called Once and for All, and we're going to be talking to Sarah a bit about that in the interview. You know, you've read, I guess, 11 of them at this point then. <laughs> like, <Yes. laughs> what is it that you like about her book so much? Um, like, even though they're all the same genre, like, they all have, like, an element of romance and stuff, she tends to change up the themes a lot, and it usually is stuff that I haven't really had experience with. Like, with Just Listen, she explores music a lot, and I never really paid attention to music before I started reading that. And, like, with Once and For All, she explores weddings, and I've only been to, like, one wedding in my life, so I don't really know that much about them, but, um, yeah, just sort of, like, the themes that she explores is interesting to me. And so you're going to be taking the lead on this interview. I'm going to step back. I'll be on the call, but I'm going to be recording and making sure everything goes smoothly. How do you feel right now? Um, I feel really good. I feel a little nervous uh, just because I do love her so much. But also, um, I think it's going to go well. I have high hopes. 
So with that said, we're going to go ahead and wait for the call to come in. Here is our interview with Sarah Dessen. All right. Hi, Sarah. Um, it's a pleasure Hi. to be talking to you right now. I am a huge fan of your books, as Saul said, and I've been reading them for years. I've been collecting them, and I love every single one. So needless to say, I'm a huge fan. So thank you for joining us on our podcast. Oh, well, thank you for reading my books. <laughs> <laughs> so Once and for All is your 13th book being released today, June 6th. So tell us a bit about the story. Well, Once and for All is the story of a girl named Luna who has been raised in the wedding planning business. Her mom book begins, she is coming into wedding season with a heavy heart and not really believing much in love anymore. So what inspired you to write Once and for All? Well, um, I, I sort of, you know, every time I finish a book, I think I'm never going to write another one because I'm so tired. <laughs> so, but um, last spring, I had two babysitters, uh, my daughter's nine, who were planning weddings at the same time. And they were very different weddings. One of them was a very traditional wedding with a lot of specific rituals. The other, they were trying to do a bunch of sort of new, different kinds of things. You know, they drank like a mimosa together. You know, they put the, the champagne and the <laughs> orange juice together to symbolize their union, and then they drank that, you know, during the ceremony. <laughs> so it was like a very sort of newfangled fun wedding and a very traditional wedding. Um, but I was privy to all of the planning because I would talk to them about it every time they were over. And I was struck at how different the weddings were, but how similar the emotions were and how even though they were planning two very different events, they were both really worried about things like everything being perfect and dealing with your family and just wanting to please everybody. And so that was very intriguing to me. And I started to think like you're in this sort of heightened state when you're planning a wedding. And I remember that from my own wedding. But what would it be like if you were part of that all the time? You know, would it make you more cynical? Would it make you less cynical? And I was just really intrigued by that. Of course. So you were saying how um, you sort of like saw some of that in your own wedding as well. Did you incorporate any details from your own wedding into Once For All? Well, I think it was more just my experience of planning, which, again, I've, I've been married almost for 17 years now. So it was so different back then. Like, there was no Pinterest. I, I've, I went and looked sometimes at Pinterest while I was writing this book on wedding stuff, and there's so many things. And it's like these beautiful pictures, and everything's perfect. And I'm thinking, gosh, that must be really stressful. You know, <laughs> it, it, I, it was stressful enough for me without having to, like, see these ideals in front of me all the time, you know, the mason jars with the, you know, flowers in them and everything. Um but I definitely tried to channel just that sense of, you know, I feel like weddings are just sort of a little incubator for drama, you know, and, and all these different personalities coming together for a weekend. And you have people that are domineering and you have people that get really emotional and, and you have the poor bride and groom who are trying to balance everything. So I remember that very well. I took a full year to plan my wedding. And now the only things I really remember are the things that didn't go exactly as planned because those are the great stories that came out of it. And it's all just sort of a happy blur right now. Um, so, But that's 17 years later. When you're in the height of it, it's really hard to see past that day. So I kind of want to get into talking about the connection between you and your writing. I read on your blog that when your writing isn't going so well, nothing else is. So how long have you felt that kind of connection? I think from the very beginning, you know, writing is not easy for me. I, I have heard other writers, no YA writers, but just writers I admire, you know, saying that I sit down and the muse sings and the words come, you know, and that has never been the case for me. Like, 
<laughs> not with book number one and not with book number 13. Like, I have to drag myself to the computer every afternoon. I write at the same time every day. But I never want to do it. It's like working out. You know, it's like I get there and I procrastinate and I sit on Twitter for a little while. I eat some chocolate and then I make myself start working. But, um, you know, I... I feel like it should have gotten easier, but if anything, it's actually gotten a little bit more complicated because I think there's more pressure now, and I don't want to let my readers down. And by book number 13, you know, I want to be sure I'm not repeating myself. I don't want, you know, people to feel like I'm telling a story I've already told. So, you know, I agonize a lot. Like, the beginning is sort of like falling in love. The first, like, 75 pages is always fun because it's new and it's fresh. But from about 75 to, you know, 350 is usually pretty much agonizing (laughs) and then the last little part is usually fun because you know where you're going and it's like being at the top of the roller coaster and seeing the whole track in front of you and i will assure you you have never let your readers down you never fail to amaze us so thank you so much so i noticed that you choose to flip the chapters between uh two different events in luna's life so i thought it was interesting you chose to do that um what made you decide to write the story that way Well, I knew that I wanted to tell the story of Luna's first love, and I knew that it was going to be heavy to write and a lot to take because it's sort of got a tragic thread. So I I thought to do it in bits and pieces um, and tell the story that way rather than sort of overwhelming everybody with it all at once. And also for me as a writer, it was very emotional. So I, I think I needed the balance. I needed to write a little bit of that story and then be able to be back in real time in the book and, and be, have it be, have some moments for humor and for some lightness, you know, before you went back to the dark again. Um, and I think that's important for me. Like, I think if I'm going to be writing something dark, I've got to have some light also just for myself as a reader and as a writer. Um, I need that balance. So you explore so many strong friendships in your books. Um, we see a very strong relationship in Once for All between Luna and Jilly. Is there a character from one of your old books that you think would be really good friends with Luna? That is a really good question. Um, You know, I feel like Maggie from Along for the Ride would be a good friend for Luna. I think she'd be a good friend for anybody. You know, she was the one that ends up being Auden, my narrator's good friend. And um, and I think like Luna, she has a lot of layers to her. Maggie, when Luna first, when uh, Auden first meets. Maggie, she thinks that she's all pink and fluff, and then she finds out that she, like, rides jump bikes and, you know, does ramps and stuff like that, and that they're going to the same college, you know, um, and that they're pretty academically equal. But um, I always like to think of all of my characters and their friends could be just one big hangout together. I think they'd all get along pretty well. Because <laughs> I write the kind – I mean, I think you have to spend a lot of time with characters when you're writing a book. So I try to write people that I would want to hang out with, that I would want, you know, to be with. And, of course, you have to have your villains and you have to have your not great people, too. But um, right. as far as the friends and everything, it's nice to think of them all as getting along. Right. Uh, so your approach to creating characters, how do you think that's changed the more you've written books? Well, I think at this point, again, it comes down to not wanting to repeat myself too much. But there are definite threads. I mean, I think a lot of my characters are based on the kind of girl that I was in high school, you know, um, tend to be have like the dynamic friend I had a group of girlfriends that were very confident strong beautiful girls and I sort of trailed along behind them like the oracle I remembered all the stories I still remember all the stories and they hate that about me you know like I remember every awful person they ever dated and everything um 
But, you know, and a couple of times I've managed to step out of the experience. My book, This Lullaby, my agent actually said to me, you have all of these dynamic friends. Why don't you write from the point of view of the dynamic friend? And I was like, well, I could never do that. I wasn't that girl. But um, then I tried, and it was actually really fun because for a little bit on the page every day I got to be a different person, which was fun. But I think all of my girls have in common with me that they are going through something and they're just doing the best they can and trying to process it, you know. And they have good intentions, even if they don't always make the best choices. So I love so many aspects of Once for All, but I want to know, what do you like best about how the book turned out? Oh, wow. I I really love Ambrose, I have to say. Um, <laughs> and I love all the boys in my books, but he was just really fun to write. You know, I think... Again, talking about the light and the dark, like knowing that there was sort of this sad point coming in the book, I, I sort of clung to him as a, as a writer, you know, because he just brought a lot of sort of irreverent joy. Um, so I like that. And I love all the – I really love the relationship that Luna has with William and with her mom. I think, you know, it's taken me – I've been a little behind the times on doing sort of alternative family and LGBT characters, so I was really glad that I finally, you know, I've had people asking me forever, you know, when are you going to write about a gay character? And so I really didn't want to do it just to sort of shoehorn it in because I felt like I should, you know. I wanted it to come organically, and um, and I just, I love William. So I think William and Ambrose are sort of, you know, the ones that got me through the, the rough stuff. Yeah, absolutely. William was probably one of my favorite characters that I read about, Um and then I wanted to kind of get into the fact that a lot of your books deal with kind of heavy, dark topics, but really relevant themes like death, sexual assault, incarceration. Um, and we see some of that in this book as well. So how do you choose which topics to address and how to approach them appropriately? Well, again, ideally it's organic. You know, with St. Anything, my last book, I knew that I wanted to sort of write about a girl who had a brother who was, you know, the golden child of the family. And then I thought, you know, well, what would happen if the golden child suddenly fell, you know, and was not so golden? And so that's how I got into the whole idea of him, you know, getting in this drunk driving accident and having to go to prison. Um, and then with this one, I, I knew that I wanted to write about all the different ways that relationships can go. You know, I mean, I think Luna growing up in the wedding business, her mom and William are very cynical and, you know, they lay bets after every ceremony how long they think the, the people will stay together, you know, if they will at all, you know. Um, and I think for Luna, I wanted to show all the sides of it. Like she does have this perfect walking into the sunset romance at one point in her life. But, but the, one of the reasons it's so perfect is that it's short, you know, and that the longer you're in a relationship, the more bumps and, and highs and lows and everything you're going to have. So that was something I really wanted to address as well. And, and I'd never really written, haven't had a lot of big losses in my books. And so it was intimidating to know that I was, you know, without giving away too much, that I was sort of writing about this tragic event and writing towards that and having to prepare myself for that. Do you think it's important for young adult books to explore those kind of themes? Oh, I do. I mean, I think teenagers are going through so much, and it's so much harder to be a teenager now than it was when I was younger. I mean, we didn't have social media. I, I can't imagine what it's like. You know, we would just hear about the parties we weren't invited to, <laughs> you know, but now you're on <laughs> Facebook, you're on Instagram, you're seeing the whole world, you know, and, and you're seeing your friends doing things without you, and there's all this pressure to put up these great pictures and look like you're so awesome, you know. I mean, I think I think teenagers need all the help they can get and all the stories they can get. And I know my, my myself, I was very unhappy in high school and often, 
even if no one around me really understood or I felt very alone or unseen, I could always find in a book something that I could relate to. Um, stories saved me. So I think it's more important than ever for us to have these stories out there and these different voices because, you know, all over the country, all over the world, there are kids that may not be able to see things around them that they can relate to, but they may be able to find something within the pages of a book. Yeah, of course. So, you know, in YA, we're talking about YA now. It, with contemporary romance YA, we usually see, like, usually a pretty happy ever after. Do you think it's important for the genre to have kind of a happy ever after? Well, I think for me it is. You know, again, I don't like to finish a book and be depressed. <laughs> you know, I mean, I, I think, again, we have a lot of darkness in the world right now, and um, we got to take the light where we can get it. And it doesn't mean that everything's perfect forever. You know, you, you walk into the sunset, but eventually – you know, the sun sets, and then it's the next day, and you got to start all over again. Um, but that's the nice thing about books is you can sort of freeze them in that moment in time where everything is okay. And I'm learning as the older I get to more embrace those moments. Like I'm realizing everything is not going to be perfect. So when you have a moment here or there where things are good, you know, you need to stop and take a breath and really appreciate that. And so I hope that's, that's, that's how, you know, with the ends of books. I think, you know, we know that life goes on and everything, but to sort of tie everything up and just have that moment where it's like, okay, everything's all right in the world. That's a good thing. That is a good thing. And, you know, you've been in the writing game a long time. This is your 13th book. So is there something about YA that's changed um, that you really like or something that you don't like? Well, I think everything has changed. Um, you know, when my first book came out about 20 years ago, and there was no teen section at the bookstore or the library. You know, all the teen books were shelved with the children's books. So, like, my first book was shelved with, like, Corduroy and Goodnight Moon and Strawberry Shortcake. Um, and so there's been – and then there was Harry Potter, and then there was Twilight, and then there was The Hunger Games, and people realized that teenagers, you know, did not want their books to be in with the little kid books. And so now you have an, not just a teen section but a paranormal romance section specific, you know, that specific. Um, but I think the greatest thing that has happened in YA over the time that I've been in it is just the diversification of voices, you know, um, there are so many different kinds of stories being told out there that were not being told five years ago, ten years ago, and definitely not 20 years ago. You know, you have LGBT, you have, you know, Black Lives Matter with The Hate You Give, which is a number one bestseller right now. It's a great book. You know, um, people like Julie Murphy who are writing about different body types. And, you know, you can. it's easier than ever right now as a teen or as a YA reader to find a story you can relate to. And I think that that's the big difference is that, it's not just so generic that the narrators are all the same. There are so many different kind of narrators, and I think that that is only good for everybody. So you're saying how, like, YA wasn't a huge topic back when you first started writing, but uh, back in that uh, time that YA first was starting to come out, was there a favorite YA book that you had? Well, I, I read a lot of... Um, Lois Lowry, Lois Duncan. I mean, those were, and of course, Judy Bloom when I was coming up. But um, there is a book by, I believe it was Lois Lowry. I think it's out of print now, but it was called A Summer to Die. And it was about these two sisters. And they, I, it starts with um, them drawing a line down the middle of their bedroom because they can't get along. And it's like your side, my side, you know. But then one of them gets sick. And it's sort of about how the family goes through this, this sickness and illness and especially the sister and it just really stuck with me like I remember specific moments from that book 
all these years later, 30 years later, then I, better than I remember like the book that I'm reading right now that I read yesterday. <laughs> so that one really hung with me, I have to say, that, that book and um, a lot of, of those kinds of stories because it was the first contemporary, you know, I had read, you know, the classics and stuff, but then when you read about real girls, it just really resonated with me. So most of your books, or actually all of them, are standalones. What makes you want to write a standalone as opposed to continuing a story into a series? Well, I've just never been a series girl. I, I have such admiration for people who can write series. But honestly, when I finish a book, I am pretty much done. Like, I'm sick of the characters, and they're sick of me. And we, <laughs> we are ready to just, you know, shake hands and part as friends and move on. Um, but I've had so many requests for for series, you know, and for sequels, which I understand because there's so many amazing series in YA that we've all sort of gotten spoiled as readers, you know, we're used to finding out what happens next. So that's why I started to bring characters back in from previous books, like these little cameos, as a way of thanking all the people that asked for sequels and, um, and trying to give them something like, because in my mind, everybody in my books, you know, there's, everybody's still together, everybody's happy, you know, everybody's okay, you know, but it's kind of nice to see people pop up every once in a while, and it's just a wink and a thank you to the longtime readers who have asked for sequels and that I just don't feel like I'm capable of delivering. So we see a lot of your books have different lengths. We see some very, uh, some shorter ones, some pretty longer ones. Um, is that just an aspect of, you know, when you write the story, it's just finished, or do your lengths is is that is that like a stylistic choice? No, yeah. no, I totally understand what you're saying. I think I think honestly it's fear is <laughs> why the books have gotten longer. Like if you put all of my books together and you see how short the first one was <laughs> and how they've gr- gradually gotten bigger and bigger and bigger, I think it's it's the fear of it not being like not explaining myself enough, not being good enough, you know, like that I tend to do more than I did. Like, I actually think I was a tighter, more concise writer back at the beginning, you know, just based on. But also, I think I, I have so much fun with the secondary characters, and I've learned that that is one of my strengths, that I really like to write these, you know, supporting characters. And so they take up more space, you know. So it's not really a style. I mean, I know when the story's done, and I have a very good editor who we really try to weed out as much as we can, Um but ideally, the books don't read like they're long. That's my big greatest fear is that people are like, oh, you know. But if people race through it, then it really doesn't matter how long it is. But we try, to, we try to get out all the fat, trim the fat as much as we can. But I do think it's just sort of wanting to make sure that we check all our boxes and that everything is described properly and everything sort of goes to its proper evolution and everything. So you've written 13 books, which I previously mentioned. Do you have any future plans for books to write, and where do you go next? Oh, boy. Um, well, right now, I'm just trying to in, be in the moment. <laughs> but it's always so funny because it's like we have a year of getting ready. You know, it took me, you know, however many months to write this book, six months, nine months. And then, you know, you write the book, and then you do all the editing, and then finally it comes out, and it's like this long process. And guarantee you, like, the book is out today, and somebody will tweet me later and be like, when's the next one coming out? <laughs> you know, it's like, as a reader, I'm exactly the same way. You know, when I have a writer that I love, I finish the book, and I'm like, okay, I'm ready for the next one, you know. Um, but I don't know. I, I didn't actually, after my last book, I wasn't sure that I was going to write another YA book so soon. I had a nice even dozen, it was a nice number, you know, and I was like, maybe I'm not meant to do this forever. Maybe I've told all the stories that 
I have to tell about high school and it's time to move on to something else. But um, but then this story just bubbled up. So I feel like it's a nice, it's a bonus round. It's great. I'm so happy to be here. Um, and I would like eventually to write about things that have happened since high school. Um, I actually have a book that I've written that features narrators in their 20s. Uh, but I haven't showed it to anybody yet because I'm not sure it's any good. So that that was fun just as an experiment. But I may end up showing it to somebody eventually. I don't have to get my nerve up. <laughs> Thank you so much, Sarah, um, for joining us today. I had fun talking to you. It was great. Thank you so much for having me and for asking such great questions about the book. So how do you feel? Uh, um, I feel good, but also... Um, I messed up at some point, uh, but I, I think I think it went okay. Hey, don't worry. You, for, this is your, okay. We should let everyone in the podcast know that this was Amisha's first interview, and I think you did an amazing job. Thank you. I mean, so like describe that, because I know for a lot of our listeners, obviously they want to talk to like their favorite authors and stuff, and you just have a chance to do that. Can you describe that experience for everyone? Yeah, so she was she was really kind. She was very warm. Um, she gave like really thoughtful answers too. And sometimes you forget that authors aren't just like these magical people that gift us with their stories, you know. But they're also people with fascinating backgrounds and lives. Um, so I'm glad I got to know a bit of hers and you know the ideas that she put into Once and for All. And I just want to thank you for all the time you put into preparing for this because I know you put many hours. <laughs> Um, into preparing for this interview. And again, you did such a good job, seriously. So thank you so much. Thank you for preparing me, getting me ready, helping me out with questions. Um, I would not have been able to do this if you had not aided me so much. Thank you. So we're going to go ahead and wrap up the show here. Again, Sarah Dessen's new book, Once and For All, it just came out today. It's available now in bookstores. Um, you just heard her talk about it. It's a great book. Amisha, I think, would give it a big thumbs up. Absolutely. <laughs> so be sure to go check that out wherever books are sold, Amazon, Barnes & Noble, wherever you get your books. And if you have any feedback or anything for us, feel free to go to bookmarkedshow.com. There's a contact form there, and you can give us feedback. We'd also really appreciate it if you left us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. When you leave a review, it really helps people find our podcast. So we would really appreciate it. And you can also find us, of course, at bookstacked.com. You can follow us on Facebook and Twitter. Uh, we're even on Instagram. And yeah, just thank you so much for being here with us today. And Amisha, again, thank you for, for taking the time to do this interview. Of course. All right, everyone. Until next time. Bye. Bye. Bye.